Welcome to the Turkey Hunting USA podcast, covering anything and everything wild turkey with your co-hosts, Billy Barnett and Matthew Myers. The Turkey Hunting USA podcast is presented by Van Meter and Sun Lures, makers of high quality deer and predator lures and trapping baits since 2007. Your one-stop shop for 100% pure, fresh urines and ingredients, quality over quantity. Like them on Facebook at Van Meter and Sun Lures. And now for this week's show. Episode five of the Turkey Hunting USA podcast. I am your co-host Matthew Myers, and I'm joined as always by co-host Billy Barnett. Billy, how's it going? Hey, Matt, I'm doing good. Yeah, we uh, we've got some more stuff going with the the website and the turkey calls, kind of up off the ground and and moving along with it. It's been a uh, it's been a little exhausting here and there, but it's starting to starting to pay off. Yeah, yeah, we keep adding stuff to the website, and uh, uh, you know, orders are coming through, and kind of keeping us busy on that end as well. Yeah, and what are we now with? Although I'm not going, and you aren't either, but Hawaii will be kicking off here before mm. too long. What are, what are we looking at now? We're within a month. Oh, it's about. I think it's about twenty days or less now. It'll just be yeah. nice to see some fresh pictures and people people getting out to hunt. You know it, and then I'm I'm sure there'll be some videos coming out again. And not, I mean, definitely when we get to the South Florida stuff and Florida opening up, but just the people that'll be going to Hawaii and seeing all their stuff come across social media, that'll be refreshing. But haven't you noticed here lately in the last, I don't know, few weeks, at least couple weeks, all the Turkey stuff that you're, you're coming across on social media. Oh yeah. It's starting. It's definitely picking up. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't keep up with waterfowl and all that, but I don't know if that's really starting to wind down in, in certain areas and, people are switching gears from you know the deer the waterfowl and out of the turkey but I'm, I'm sure you're the same my mind's been on it for about 365 days <laughs> yeah the last 11 months so no doubt man yeah. gosh it's, it's crazy that it's already almost coming back around it's it's got to pinch myself almost yeah i've got a couple buddies going to hawaii and it's it's torture to me. I I wish I was going, but maybe next year I'll try to get back over there. Man, what a trip. And, and last year there was so much that went into it. And it was my first time flying and all that and went by myself. But the, the COVID loops and they've pulled back on a lot of that. So I'm sure it's a little bit easier to do. But what a fun trip that was going to Hawaii and, and hunting the public mountain and on the volcano and just seeing all that. Just a different place, man. I'm jealous that... I'm not doing it this year. Yeah, I am too. I've, I've thought about it a few times, but I've just had so many other plans. I just, just don't have enough time to go. So, yeah, we'll just be living through everybody else's excitement. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to see it. I, I do enjoy seeing other. That's probably one of my favorite parts is seeing pictures. People sending me text and. Uh, I really enjoy that part of it. So it's getting ready to crank up and. Our phone uh, text messages numbers are probably going to go start going up. So, yeah, no doubt. And you know, something else that's been coming out to really get our minds thinking on it is all the video content where people hold off on certain parts of the season and and release that before we get into uh, 
the next year, which is is upcoming in front of us. So seeing all that, get your mind going too. Yep. And then the NWTF next week, the convention. I mean, it's just the this is the grand kickoff for the, for the season. So it's uh, it's almost here. Yeah, the kickoff, most definitely. And we'll be down there at that. Um, hoping our wives can tolerate it for a little while. I'm sure I'll have to go out and let mine do a little shopping and whining and dining. But hopefully she can put up with all the loud hen talk and ruckus going on in that place. Yeah, I think they expect it by now. They already, if they don't know us by now, they're <laughs> we we fooled them pretty good. So yeah, I know it. It may be too late for them to run. I don't know. Um, yeah. Hey, how about our guest that we've got coming on this week? Yeah, this, this is going to be a really good one. I'm, I'm I'm excited. Well, we say this every week, but I'm I'm really excited about this one too. Well, we've been fortunate that. With us just kind of getting started with a podcast and kicking it off, this is episode five. We've we're we're blessed to have had some really special um, guests come on so far and give us an opportunity and let us interview them and talk to them for a little bit and give us their time. But this this week here, we have Kenny Mount, who I would say anybody that turkey hunts at least by this point knows who he is. They may know him more as what they call him on the Penhody project Chubbs, but he he's on some of the videos with Dave Owens, especially through the first couple seasons and makes an appearance on there ever so often after that. But, you know, outside of those videos, you don't see much of Kenny because, well, he doesn't have social media whatsoever. So he's not out there posting pictures and throwing his opinions around and getting in the midst of all the, the drama, if you will, that, is is out there on Facebook and Instagram and so on and so forth. So maybe yeah. a guess people don't know a whole lot about unless they've watched Dave Owens' show. But nevertheless, man, a straight lethal turkey hunter who is also could probably live as a part time comedian. Yep. He uh he kind of reminds me of Nate Backus, our first guest, you know turkey hunts as much or more than any of us but you just don't really hear hear about him or you know he's not on podcasts a lot or anything like that so uh, and kenny's not yeah kenny's not just somebody that's jumped on with dave owens and hunted i mean this is a guy that's hunted for 30 years he's grown up hunting public land in the south he's been involved in this been involved in that and and something that he's been able to achieve just like yourself um, he has a U.S. Super Slam, and ultimately that's public land in most cases. So a very good turkey hunter. Um, you know, I won't sugarcoat it. He's one of my favorite. If I'm going to sit down and watch YouTube, he's one of my favorite turkey hunters to watch. Outside of the comedy, he um, he likes to describe and talk kind of what's going through his mind out loud, and you hear so many details that he puts out there and just the moves and things that he makes i i find him to be a very very good turkey hunter yep this will be a good good uh podcast here be able to hear from somebody that you usually don't hear about so kind of get his take on everything yeah and the, some of the things i want to ask him is just you know his how he got started and and um, his pursuit of the slam and the the super slam that is 
and certain things as to like, why do you not get involved with the social media and just his opinions on certain things? Because number one, from what I know of him on, on some other shows is he's, he's a guy that's a, he's a straight shooter. He doesn't care if he gives you an opinion that's going to hurt your feelings or not. He tells it like it is. So you got to respect that. And there's just a lot of things. Just I'm curious to ask him. Yeah, this I'm, I'm excited. So let's get into it and see what he has to say. Absolutely. With us today is Kenny Mount, also known to most as Chubbs from the Penhody Project on some videos with Dave Owens. Uh, Kenny, appreciate you coming on today, man. And uh, how are you and where are you? Sitting in my office, just, you know, it's Sunday evening, so you kind of start start feeling the stresses of a new work week. Sunday evenings, I don't know about for y'all, but they get brutal from time to time because that's when you realize how far behind with everything you actually are. And, you know, the phone's going to be ringing at daylight tomorrow morning with a bunch of disgruntled people, you know? Yeah, totally. I understand, man. It's kind of like you see the sand in the hourglass running down on Sunday. You know, you're about to jump into a new work week. Totally get it. And also, just that, man, everything's good, man. It's it's just getting closer to that time of the year that we all look, look forward to, you know? Oh, no doubt. You mentioned work, Kenny. What is it you uh, do for a living besides turkey hunt? I just I sell building materials. Yeah, we would sell a lot of custom millwork, uh, all kind of just boring stuff like that. I mean, that'd be a we could we could really put some people to sleep pretty quickly if we went down that road. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long have you worked there? Is that a job you've had for quite a while? Probably around, I'm going on around eight years with this company. Eight years. Okay. Yeah. Are you still in Alabama? Yeah. The, the company I work for is based out of Kentucky, but I work, uh, we have a branch in Atlanta and I work out of that branch, but I actually live in Alabama. So I'm, I'm kind of a road warrior from time to time. That's cool, man. We'll see. Billy is from Kentucky, and well, I'm from Indiana, the southern part of Indiana. So, yeah, are you yeah. up in Kentucky quite a bit with your your company doing things out of the main headquarters? I went up there to interview with them, and we and I've been up there for some sales stuff, but I don't think I've been up there since 2018, to be honest with you. So I try to try to keep away from from our corporate office as much as possible. <laughs> Yeah, that's usually a good idea. Absolutely. That if they if I hang out too long, they'll probably be like, "What in the hell is he doing working for us? We got to get rid of it." <laughs> hey, it's like my uh, my good buddy that's been a PE teacher for about thirty years. He said, "You got to hide in the shadows and stay out of sight, out of mind." Man, that's a good way to live life too, if you really want to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. Um, it, especially with someone like yourself, you don't have the social media and all that, and we're going to dive into that later on, but. Um, if you don't, if you don't care, Kenny, just real quick for people that maybe don't know you, that would be listening, uh, a little bit about yourself and how you got started in hunting and especially how you got started in turkey hunting. Uh, I think, you know, if I if it's, it's kind of a little bit foggy, but I think I want to say I was probably an early teenager and I can remember going to school and it was like on Friday, there was a few kids that their dads would come pick them up. And as trivial as this is, they would have like a, uh, a 
four-wheeler or something, you know, either on a trailer in the bed of a pickup truck. And I saw them, you know, and I wanted to know what they were doing because I was always into, into that kind of stuff, playing outside, playing in the dirt or whatever. Well, then come to find out they were going to like their hunting clubs for the weekend, right? So my family didn't do any of that stuff. So I started inquiring, you know, uh, and saying, hey, man, you know, what do we got to do to to go to a hunting club? Basically, probably just wanted a reason to go get a four-wheeler, you know? (laughs) And long story short, uh, that led to uh, getting, motivating my stepdad to find some places and meet some people that did that kind of stuff. And um, next thing you know, you know, we're going and we're doing the deer hunting thing and we go out and we get turkey hunting or whatever. But man, we didn't, we didn't know what we were doing by any, you know, stretch of the imagination at all. And um, long story short, um, I ended up crossing paths with this older guy and that's all he did was turkey hunt. And he kind of was like, really, you know, excited to, to find a young kid that was interested in it and kind of take him out. And just fast forward, we probably hunted together for a couple of years there. And I, I never even, you know, drew the bead on a turkey. And then I do remember when it finally happened that, uh, so I was telling somebody this here recently, they were asking me kind of a similar question. I remember walking back to the tree with the turkey And I was so just blown away because you got to think it's not like I just went out and was one of these fortunate people that went out a time or two and actually got a turkey. Like this was a few years in the making. Um, So when it finally happened, it was such a big deal. But I remember walking to that tree like it was yesterday and saying to myself, I'm going to learn how to do this. And then I made a very fatal decision. Uh, when I said that, I said, I'm not going to wait until probably most people should wait, you know, until they are close to retirement or something to really kind of, you know, dive into something like that. I made that choice when I was a you know young teenager and it may sound like it was cool and, and all that kind of stuff, but it's definitely set me back throughout the course of my life. If you want to compare it to like, what a more quote unquote normal life is for a lot of people. Um, you know, either you, you go to high school, you either get out of high school and know what you want to do for a career or you go to college and then graduate, know what you want to do for a career. And you, you don't let anything get in your way. And by the time you're, you know, 40, mid forties or whatever, you're, you're just in cruise control. That never happened with me because I always put turkey hunting first. And, uh, that, that's, it has its it has its consequences, and um, you have to pay a large price for that. And I wish I <laughs> maybe I wish I was smarter, but at that point in my life, I said nothing's going to get in the way for me turkey hunting in the spring. And uh, sure, I never did it as much as I wanted to do it, but I did it a lot more than probably I should have been doing it. If that makes any sense. Um, so that's kind of how it happened. After that first one, it was, it's been a blur ever since. I know that was a, a long-winded answer to your question, but uh, turkey hunting is no different than somebody at a young age deciding they want to become a great baseball player or football player or whatever. I mean, if you, if you really love it and you really want to excel at it, you have to make sacrifices and you have to 
it's not just a weekend deal. I mean, you, you've got to, you, it's just like anything else. The more you put in it, the more you're going to get out of it. So you, you don't really find somebody that's halfway in on turkey hunting. You know, it seems like you, they're either all in or not at all, really. Uh, then I guess there's a lot of them that are not at all because it, it seems like the more you, the more that I bump into these days, it's, of course, I don't know with YouTube and, and, and these podcasts and everything else we got out there now, if a kid really wants it and he really wants to get good at it, the learning curve now is so much shorter. It's uh, quite honestly, it's scary. Right. And when you started all this, Kenny, did it take place in Alabama for the most part from the beginning and throughout your your younger age when you began turkey hunting? Yeah, it did. And, you know, I don't know if this is if this is the, I've never actually said what I'm getting ready to say, but I don't know if the cords were lined up because this older fellow that I hunted with, he hunted all public land and um, not that, you know, public land turkeys are, you know, any harder than a turkey that lives on a piece of private or anything like that. But we were actually having to spend a lot of time trying to find the turkeys, you know, what? and so. I think I didn't realize for the longest time that I was growing up hunting turkeys in that environment. And then when you get older, and especially when you start traveling, uh, I know grown men now. I had a man who's 55 years old tell me on Friday, he still doesn't understand how to use topographical maps and navigate off the map and a compass. That just blows my mind. But... I get it. If you've never done it or grown up doing it, mm-hmm. especially now, you'll uh, a compass now. It's it's no good. As long as you have a you got enough money to get you a cell phone and a decent plan or whatever, you can get you a cricket phone. As long as you see Onyx on it, you'll be good to go. <laughs> uh, think about it, man. I mean, kids now they don't need anything but a phone. I know some of these guys that hunt. Well, I know a guy that killed a U.S. Super Slam. If I dropped him off in the woods with a map and a compass, he'd be screwed. Mm -hmm. But it's no big deal because you don't have to have it at this point in the game. But well, Billy and I have talked about it before. We we look at folks like yourself and and some others um, that that started all this prior to the the trend of turkey hunting one and two, all the technology that's available these days. For y'all, obviously, you had some benefits, possibly with. Maybe turkeys, there were, there were more of them, yada, yada, but you didn't have everything at your fingertips to help you get through the woods or to travel. And I mean, it goes so on and so forth. Absolutely. It, it, it does help you tremendously. Like, I, I mean, I use Onyx and I'm, I'm sure you do nowadays and you take what you can get. But uh, Without a doubt. yeah, and there's the, when I grew up, I, I, I've hunted some public land here and there, but I've ultimately been able to have access to, to private ground, especially here in Indiana. And uh, when I go out of state, of course, hunt some public or door knock. But for someone that, that grew up having to hunt that solely, um, you know, you're, you're not given a lot of, you're not given a lot of stuff. You got to go out and you got to earn it. You got to compete against other people compared to those that, you know, have, have just kind of had it handed over to them their entire life. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's weird because it's like nowadays it's, it seems like so much, so much of this hunting stuff that's out there, turkey related, it's, it's thrown in everybody's lap if they're hunting on a piece of land that's public. Um, I mean, dude, if I could have grown up hunting on a thousands and thousands of acres of private land, trust me, I would have jumped at it without a doubt. I think we just played the hand we were given, you know? Right. 
which ultimately growing up that way and experiencing that type of that hunting, that's, that surely helped you along the way in your success of traveling and completing your U S super slam. Definitely traveling because like the, I was, I got, I was lucky enough to meet some guys early on in this whole journey that, traveled around a little bit and then you got to think too this is back in the early to mid 90s so it's not like it is now where if you turkey hunt it's not the first question is going to be oh really well how many states have you killed turkeys in it's like that's like the the general theme now amongst people that do this uh back then man if you went anywhere i mean like seriously like if you went to missouri just if you went to Missouri, that was a big deal. Uh, and I, t- I think I took my first out of state trip in 1995. And uh, it's literally, it's been downhill ever since, but we, we were doing it for different reasons. We were just doing it to extend the season because, you know, the season down here always closed at the end of April. And so these other states were, a lot of them were just getting started in mid late April. So we would just jump in the truck and, go turkey hunt i mean even if it was for four more days just the thought of getting ready to to go in may or something like it it was just it was like an early christmas and um that's kind of how that all started and it wasn't until you know then the grand slam thing that that was another big deal oh man you got to go to florida and you got to go kill a a rio grande and oklahoma texas or wherever and then you got to go kill a miriam or whatever and so then you know you're traveling and you're like okay well Let's go kill a Grand Slam. And even when the, the final turkey of the Grand Slam was, was over, the feeling was never, it was never complete. It was not like, whoo, all right, you know, got a Grand Slam. Honest to God, as weird as it sounds, like I didn't even feel anything when I killed the turkey that was like completed the Grand Slam. Of course, that's been a long time ago, but it was never like, all right, I'm ready to get my picture in a magazine or whatever. It was just like, at that point, you just realize you just love turkey hunting. You don't really give a damn where you are, what color his tail fan is, the pitch of his gobble, the scenery. You just just lucky to be doing it, you know? Yeah, you you weren't greedy whatsoever about it. You just wanted to extend the season out and just be able to hunt more. That dude, that was it. And that's and that's I think that for that's still it for me now. And quite a few of the guys I know, it's it's not a it doesn't matter, like I said, where or when or what the turkey does or what do you know people are always like and i know you guys probably i don't know if y'all ask this or you probably get asked this a bunch you know where's the hardest turkey you've ever hunted man that's how can anybody answer that um all of them you, yeah i mean you you know and these tur in the western turkeys especially and, and my experiences may be different than y'all's but all those turkeys out there they're easier you know they gobble more and they'll run you over to a call i'll tell you what man I've met some turkeys that live out there that are would flat spin you six ways from Sunday. I mean, just some devils. <laughs> but yep. maybe I'm in the minority. But everyone I've hunted out there, if you call to him, he doesn't just drop what he's doing and come check you out. There's <laughs> there's some uh, turkeys are just turkeys, man. It don't matter where they live, what they do, they can have they can kick you in the teeth. Just like any other rest of them, you know? Yeah, and I, I agree yeah. with part of what you said, and Billy's been to all of them. But with my Western experience, whether it's Rio's or Merriam's, yeah, they, they'll they gobble a lot. But that also becomes very frustrating because 
you feel like you're in the game with one, you invest a little time, not interested. And it, it, it gets to the point almost where I'd just rather not hear anything gobble unless it's perhaps interested in what I got to say somewhat like an Eastern would be at times. So that's kind of like a twofold deal to where, yeah, they gobble a lot, but that may not have any interest whatsoever in what you're saying or wanting to come see you. Yeah. They, they travel a long ways too. I mean, that's something that I found that kind of made it more difficult. They didn't just stay on one main Ridge. I mean, those guys would take off and I mean, it was hard to keep up with them sometimes. So that, that made it, another difficulty that i would never seen before absolutely and they do they they're the first time i ever hunted them like i that's one thing i noted like a lot of times their toes would hit the ground i mean if, if you weren't already limbered up stretched out and hydrated ready to rock you were already behind <laughs> you, had, you had to you had to you had to be ready to to take off to the races and, and i love that part of it that's uh do you, do you typically jump out there, Kenny, first thing in the morning and, and get warmed up and stretch and do things like that? You get you Man, you, we, <laughs> my, I took my little girl. We were riding out through the woods the afternoon, and we rode up through this spot in the mountain that, that I grew up turkey hunting a lot. And where you parked your truck when you set foot out of the truck, if you wanted to go this direction, it was straight up. And if you wanted to go the other direction, it was straight up. So, yeah, man, no kidding. There were times I would get there early. And I would literally walk up and down the road a little bit, do some high knees or something, you know. <laughs> the minute the minute you start climbing up that thing, like you you can't do that to a cold muscle. And I learned it the hard way, you know. And I would get out there, and if you would have drove by, you would have fell out laughing. Got my yoga mat out there and tight. And it was like, man, what's this guy doing? You know, he's just going turkey hunting. Leave him alone. <laughs> Uh, people running like hell <laughs> got a red headband on thought i was richard simmons yeah no doubt had you some of that workout music pumping out the speakers i know i just never look good in tights so it's just kind of awesome. <laughs> well we we heard you have a we we heard from a hunter you've got an interesting way of running so that that uh that probably gets your legs warmed up but he said you don't get a whole lot of arm movement going he's just he's he's a good kid he really is but he just uh he's one of those people that just can't handle defeat i don't know what all he told you but the fact of the matter is that he got smoked by someone twice his age in the 40 yard dash he just can't stand that and he he may be he may be more slender than i am but just because a guy's skinny that doesn't automatically mean that he's like mega athletic um, you can just tell when he grew up, he was, he got picked on a lot and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> well, he may have got the jump on you, then got, uh, got a little terrified with your, your big frame coming at him. He might've just jumped on out of the way and let you go ahead. Oh uh, man, he's all smoke. There's, there's no fire down there. I promise you. Right. Yeah. I get that. But yeah, he, he mentioned a couple things I was hoping to throw in this podcast to see if you agreed with or not, but, uh, <laughs> oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and Kenny, when you when you said you did get started, we don't need to go into ages, but was was that in the eighties, late eighties? I probably got started around the turn, probably around the very, very early nineties, probably ninety one ish, maybe give or take in there. It's probably when I first started going out. So yeah, I think I've been turkey hunting right around thirty years, give or take. Okay. And then with the with the tradition in Alabama, especially of turkey hunting and in the South, how do you compare it? I know now it's just out of control, but when you first started turkey hunting, 
were there a lot of people that you would be running into at, at gates or when you're hunting, like people flying around all over the place? Believe it or not, the, 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 the way that, you know, I turkey hunt now, obviously, versus the way we started turkey hunt is so different. But I say that to say this, like the gentleman that I started with, our st- his style of turkey hunting, if we did park at a gate and go in a road, we didn't walk real far. Um, there wasn't quite the competition back then that there is now. And a very popular way of turkey hunting back then was to ride around and listen for turkeys from a vehicle or blow an owl hooter, uh, find a high point off a road. If we did, like I said, if we walked back, we didn't like walk three or four miles in the dark uh, to access a remote areas or whatever. Um, But that's probably had a lot to do too with why our success rate was what it was at the time. Um, we weren't going to get into Cooperstown or anything the way we were turkey hunting. But when I crossed paths with these other guys, and which was probably around 92, I want to say, um, I could quickly tell that whatever they were doing was different than what we were doing. And I said at the time, I said, I'm going to learn how to turkey hunt like those boys are turkey hunting because whatever they're doing is they're getting on base a little bit more frequently than we were. These were just people you just ran into or you? Well, the guy I was hunting with actually bumped into them, you know, in the woods one day. Uh, bumped into one of them and he, they were from out of town. They were from West Virginia. And uh, they invited him over to their camp. Well, he went over and he met them. And then he told me, he said, you got to come meet these guys. They're just eat up with the stuff. And so it just took one trip to the camp, you know, to the campground. And uh, like, I mean, this is back in like. Yeah, I think I met them around 92, and these guys were running like Cody friction calls, and we didn't know what the heck that was in Alabama. And, you know, back then, Cody, I don't know if he's still really big in the game or not. I've been out of it for so long, but, you know, Cody was well-known back in the day for building a mean slate and glass call. And um, they, like, had, you know, like little custom leather striker holders, and, like, these guys were just different than most of the people that were hunting them around us. And the way they hunted was just so intriguing to me. And, you know, it, it changed the whole dynamics. It, like I said earlier about like growing up here in Alabama and hunting all this land, that's another piece of the puzzle that was almost like it was just meant to be because, you know, here you are a teenager and you're going to meet these guys who were quite a bit older than I was and uh, learning a style of hunting that most people around here really weren't. There were some people doing it, but people didn't talk about turkey hunting back then like they do now. It was a, it was almost like a cult. Um, and that's one thing that drew me into it. It was like, a whatever you knew and wherever you hunted and everything else, you didn't, you didn't go to the country store or the gas station and walk in and tell everybody everything you'd encountered. And so, um, to just to just have the opportunity to get in a, a group of guys like that was just such a blessing, and um, I, I never took it for granted and, and never will. But and then after you met them that first time, they they would just continue coming down yearly to Alabama, and you would meet up with them and things like that. Yeah, they came they came down from I think their first year was one or two years prior to me meeting them, and we would share a camp, and we did this all the way through like 2012. Oh, wow. Yeah, this thing went a long time. But uh, somebody asked me last week, it may have been Hunter, actually. We were talking on the phone. 
about how often I hunted with some of those guys. And I told him, you know, what's funny is like when this whole thing transpired, they didn't take me hunting with them. They weren't just going to take me out in the woods and start showing me all this stuff. It was a year or two later that I actually got to go in the woods with one of them. So much of it was just audible. I mean, just sitting around talking at the camp and learning little tidbits from them or whatever. But there's no way they were going to take this kid they didn't know. And hey, they weren't going to show me where the hell they were hunting. And I didn't blame them a bit. But uh, you had to, you had to earn that that trust for people. And, and I feel like that's something that kind of gets overlooked now because it's finding somebody good to turkey hunt with that you likes to turkey hunt like you do. And most important is as passionate enough about it as some of us are. Um, to me, that's probably the most difficult thing in this whole game that we're all involved with is if you can find a couple of good people that love it as much as you do and you can talk to and you know that everything you tell them is not going to leave their brain and their head and they got your back and you got that back, man, you can't put a price tag on that. That level of loyalty, because loyalty in life itself is a very rare commodity. In turkey hunting, it's super rare, or at least that's what I found out anyway. Yep, Hunter said the same thing about you too. It's... He did say some good stuff about you, Kenny. I doubt that. But he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, so you, you just gotta you just gotta understand the foundation, you know. Well, it wasn't until I had a phone conversation with somebody last night. I I, I didn't realize, and I didn't. If I would have, I would have brought it up to Hunter. What what's your familiarity with the whole Cajun and Coonass? Like, are they, I was told these are like two separate like things in Louisiana. That if you're one, you're proud of it. If you're not, you don't like the other. Do you know much about that through him? You know, honest to God, I don't. Years ago, when I was going to college, we I was in a hunting club that was really close to where I went to school. I, we just deer hunted down there. And uh, there was a pile of guys from Louisiana in there. And, you know, man, they were the nicest. Hunter's the first guy from Louisiana I've ever met that would qualify as just a low life. Everybody <laughs> else. Everybody else is that I've met from down there just been the salt of the earth. Love to cook, share, you know, great food, great personality. And so is he a coonass? You, you know, I've been to a pile. I don't know if you guys are college football fans, but absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I've been to a pile of the different SEC campuses and stuff. And for years, like LSU is just you just if you've never been to a game at LSU, you need to go to a night game in Death Valley. It's just it's just like a you just need to do it. And um, I, I just love LSU. And then once I met Hunter, I'm like, man, I just I freaking hate LSU. Freaking hate him. Hope you lose all the games just because Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, while, while you're on the college football, we won't get it on long. You you went to Auburn, is that correct? So you're an yeah, Auburn we're fan. About football, yeah, absolutely. No, okay, no. I got you. I got you. Um, well, that, that was that was really interesting hearing all that from your, your past and the secrecy and the, the passion and then the respect people had and not just think, you know, I'm just going to jump in and go hunt with this guy. And you, you had some limitations there. It's definitely something that uh, that we don't have this day and age. No, I don't think it'll ever come back. But, you know, somebody was giving me grief recently 
about it. He said, oh, you know, you always complain and pissing and moaning because things aren't the way they used to be. And, and his point's valid. I'm, I'm really not trying to piss and moan about it. I just, everything changes. You got to roll with the punches. But I think in a situation like turkey hunting, you don't, everything can change. The dynamics of the game can change. But let's be honest, we don't have to change. I don't have to. Just because that's how it's done now, I don't have to do it that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm not being ignorant or sounding ignorant about it, but we can all do it however the hell we want to do it. So that's that's where I, I differ from a lot of the people. I don't I don't want to overcomplicate it. I don't want to make it dramatic. I don't want it to be stressful. Well, I think that's one of the great things about turkey hunting. You can do it however the heck you want to. You and- nailed it, man. That's it. Just went over the fence. That was perfect. And I don't want to jump that far ahead, but I kind of want to come back to that later and get your opinion. But kind of building off of where you you left, you you went to Missouri mid nineties. You then you 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 went after your first Grand Slam. What got you in, Kenny, to to really go into all these other states and eventually um, accomplishing your U.S. Super Slam? Um, you know, just. It, the whole traveling thing, so like I said, started to extend our season. And then you just started going to different directions because you would hear things to the grapevine in passing. Like somebody went to, you know, a certain state and they said this about it. And you're like, wow, that sounds inviting. And then next thing you know, you've, you've kind of started bouncing around a little bit. And as far as the slam itself goes, like I mentioned with the Grand Slam, when when the Grand Slam thing was in the book, so to speak, I don't want this to sound, you know, bad or whatever, but there wasn't this just huge feeling of elation, like I mentioned, for a Grand Slam. I was just stoked to be turkey hunting and, and got a turkey. I didn't care, whatever. Like, I didn't, you know, have a parade because I killed a Grand Slam. Um, but the whole Super Slam thing, I was driving home from... Uh, Vermont and I think we went to Vermont and Maine with Dave Owens and that's a pretty long drive in a truck from uh, Maine to Georgia oh my gosh so we we covered quite a few things I mean it started with Asian women and then it, then it ended up on uh, you know traveling for turkey hunt and he was he was really, really chasing this thing hard. This is a few years before he completed it. This is you're, t- you're talking Dave Owens, you say? Absolutely. Okay. So we were driving back, and you know, he doesn't listen to much music, uh, so it was just a lot of chatting. And he got tired of my singing, which one of the rare. That's rare. Most people beg for more. But anyway. Um, and he was doing it. And the more he was telling me about all these places he'd been that I'd never been, it just, I was like, you know what, man, he, he's, he's on to something. And, uh, man, I already had a pretty good foundation. So it's kind of like when I made my mind up to, all right, let's, let's, let's have a goal. Let's have a challenge. Let's, let's go do this. Um, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have to go kill a turkey in 49 states. I had to go kill a turkey in, I don't know, you know, 30 states, 28 states. I don't remember exactly how many I had done when I decided to do this. So there you go, man. It was just riding home with him from a late May trip to Maine and Vermont or somewhere. And uh, just said, what the heck, man? I'm going to jump in it and do it. And uh, 
just never, never planned on jumping in it quite like, you know, like I did. Did, did that set the fire under you? I mean, like how many states were you doing a year? Would you normally hunt? And then like, once you decided you wanted to go after the U S lamb, like how many did you do the next year? You know, prior to, prior to making, making that a goal, I think I was probably hunting anywhere between four to five states a spring. Usually the same states or? That's the thing. A lot of it was on road, was on just, you know, replay because I, I got in, I got in a groove there for a while where I was hunting, you know, the South, the Midwest, and then I would end it out West. Um, as far North as I was going was like, you know, West Virginia, up that way, New York, did New York one year long before we thought about the slam. Uh, so, yeah, man, we spent a lot of years hunting the same turf. If I would have known about this when I started, God, I'd have been done. Well, I say that, I mean, a lot quicker than probably I was, but who knows what would have popped up. But Right. Uh, I know when I decided that I was going to do it, um, it, it kind of just, it's. I set that goal and it kind of just, man, it put me in overdrive. I, I don't know why. I'm just, that's kind of my mentality. I just want to, if I got something on my mind, I want to get done. I'd go after it, you know? So it, that kind of boosted me to take off and really go after this. It, it will totally. And, and I think you're right. I think whatever kind of, we're also different in our personalities and the way we do things. And I'm, of course you can ask any of those guys. I'm super OCD and just a nut job. So yeah, it'll consume you. And I miss that element of it there, to be honest with you. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, that's that's when, when Dave finished it, He the first year after he finished it, you know, he hunted, he changed some things up in, in, in his scheduling and all that. And um, this is the before the Penhody project thing ever started. So he was on a totally different wavelength with the, where he was going and all that. And he told me after it was over, you know, it's just so weird. And it was just felt so different. And man, he was dead on because it sucks sitting here and being able to go wherever you want to go and, and not have that cloud of pressure looming over you of a schedule. And you got three days, myself and the guys that I hunt around and a few of them have already accomplished this or whatever. We always just three days was max. And if we went on a trip out West or wherever, and we were going to be gone for eight or nine days, we had three days and that's it. And it didn't matter what happened, rain, snow, tornadoes tsunamis whatever three days and that's tough and it's hard to drop in an area you know that you've never set foot in and just guarantee that you're going to kill a turkey every time in three days you know yeah this will be my first year that i've you know i I just completed it last year so okay it's totally different already i I can already see the difference and uh, you know i've already got a bunch of states planned out for this year but the pressure of it and i don't know it's changed everything for me and i i like that a little bit of pressure to be honest with you but without a doubt man it's it's addicting isn't it oh yeah i mean i would enjoy every hunt but I, i couldn't wait to go to the next state you know it was just the excitement of what's around the next corner or what's over the next hill uh, I think that's that was more of it than anything for me, just to go to a new place. And, you know, you never know. You pull up to a new spot, and you don't know if you're going to hear 
one bird or 12 birds you know i think that kind of kept me going wanting to get to the next place and uh, you know it's about like waiting on friday every week you know you kind of fast forward through your life doing that um so i want to try to take a step back this year and just kind of uh, not go, not go like I did, and just kind of smell the roses is what I what I say. But he's lying to you. Kind of he's lying to you, Kenny. Every time I talk I'm to try, him, I'm try to. every time I talk to him, it's a there's a new state. I think I'm gonna have time to hit this state and then this state. So he's he's still gonna be hitting it pretty hard. Yeah, it's just like anything else. I think once you go out and you, you hunt that way for a while like that, it's like it just it just becomes like it just part of your dna that's how you want to do it and i don't know it's so unique though because back when i had that ride with him home and and he was talking to me about it and telling me some of the places he'd been that kind of lit that fire of okay let's do this you know there there wasn't that i as far as i was aware of and even talking with him and a couple other people that were doing it there wasn't such a mass um following of people doing it of course that's been quite a few years ago i understand that but you know now it's if you go get in an airport in may uh fly out west or wherever i mean just look around you i mean it's so much more prevalent now to see turkey hunters in the airport um than it than it was it seems like 10 years ago um not that people weren't traveling to turkey hunt back then, but I don't think they were doing it in the waves that they are now. And uh, there's certain airports you can land in, in the middle of May right now, and a pretty good chance half the people in there getting ready to go get a rental car and go turkey hunt somewhere. It's it's a race to get down to Hertz and get the car and get to the spot first. <laughs> it's a race to get out of there before somebody wants to ask you a bunch of stupid questions that they shouldn't be asking you. That's what it's a race for. <laughs> it's kind of like that commercial. Remember OJ in the airport running through there, sprinting to get down to the rental car place. I don't, he wasn't yeah. going, he wasn't going to turkey hunt though, but. No, that's before he got in a little little steam. That's that's before uh, he had the spotlight on him for other reasons, absolutely. I've never the white Ford Bronco the same. Yeah, so Kenny, as you went through and you you completed your slam, when you went on all these trips, and I'm sure – a lot of it, uh, logistically speaking, would change. But what's your preference with with getting to your hunting spots? Do you like to drive, fly? Um, once you let us know, we'll we'll fill you in again on on your buddy's take on how you like to do things. It's uh, it's just like it's just like just distance. I mean, if it's something you can drive, and you know, it doesn't take you three days to get there. If it was like west of the Mississippi, like. Uh, you know, New Mexico, Washington, California, any of those places, you know, you're going to hop on an airplane, maximize your time away. Um, but I don't think, I think pretty much everything from the middle of the country to the East coast was pretty much done out of a car, um, or truck. Um, I can't remember flying now post slam. Yes. Like if I'm going to go hunt the Northeast in May or whatever, now I'll just jump on a plane, fly up there, rent a car or whatever. I'm not going to, you know, I don't have the flexibility in life now that I had then as far as, you know, be gone 10 days and four of them are driving. Right. Well, well then too, you were able to just, I mean, if you're driving, you can stop and kick it in some other States if you need to, that you get added to the list if things are going right for you. 
Well, and two, you got, I mean, you got a plan and, and you've got a, you, your whole, everything you do in this game, it doesn't matter if you're hunting at home all season or you're trying to kill turkeys in 10 states or how many ever your schedule will allow. I mean, it's all about planning. And the, the guys that I know that are like really proficient in this game, they're really good planners and they're, um, they know how to maximize their time and get a return on their investment. And it's the same with driving in the car or flying or whatever. We're not going to sit here and give away all the, the pointers, which I don't even know if there's any secrets in this game left or not. But, um, you know, you, you need to you need to map it out. You need to think about your driving. And, and you don't want to spend two days driving in a truck, three days driving in a car or whatever, when you could be in the woods for some of those times. So even if it's a place you've already hunted, uh, if you got to go hunt, you got to go hunt. I mean, the season's only so long, you know. Yeah, and then typically you can't get, you know, work's a problem. Sometimes you got to, you can only slip out and be gone for so long. And if, if you're going to spend more time driving, then no doubt getting on a plane and flying is the, the better way. And I think a lot of people are, including me, until I just did it, I had to, I had to fly. I went to Hawaii last spring. But I think a lot of people are intimidated by airplanes, one, and then booking all that and the firearm deal. But, man, for my first attempt with it, and I, I had some – some things to go off of and people to talk to, but it was pretty seamless. Man, it's just like anything else. The more you do it, that you're going to have a problem pop up from time to time. Your gun not show up. I mean, none of that's, it's all going to happen, but you can do things to minimize that obviously. But yeah, it's amazing because none of that stuff's rocket science. It's, it's about like putting a pair of shoes on. It's just, so many guys are reluctant to do it because they've never done it. But once they dive in it, they see how easy it is. But it's uh, easy. That, that's got to be the biggest fear is getting somewhere and not have your gun. But, you know, everywhere I've been, I haven't I haven't had that problem myself yet. So hopefully, knock on wood, I never have it. But What are some, yeah, what are some things, Kenny, with you that's happened, like flying? Have you had any kind of nightmares, stuff like that occur when oh. you Absolutely. I remember one time Dave and I were flying out to Wisconsin. Uh, we were going to do a little few state swing out there. And I don't know when our guns got there, but it was way after we got there. And we were on the verge of thinking about going to Walmart and grabbing an 870 off the shelf. Um, <laughs> and then I had a unique one happen a few years ago. My gun showed up, but nothing else did. So they said okay i i came in mid mid evening or whatever and my gun was the only thing that made it thank god i had a backpack with that had some mouth yelpers in it right but i didn't have my the gear the clothing and the shoes and all that were in a bag that wasn't there so they were like we got another flight coming in tonight it's going to be on that well so you know there goes your evening so i'm waiting hours and hours in that flight land and uh, guess what there's nothing on the plane that belonged to me oh my so, i bet you were mad at the hornet yeah and the next morning you know you need to be in the woods and the next flight doesn't come in till midday the next day well in this part of the country i was hunting in walmarts were not 24 hours there was nowhere to purchase anything until you know seven o'clock or whatever the following morning so long story short, I had a gun, I had some work clothes, and I had a couple of mouth calls. What do you do? I mean, you got to, you got to, like I said earlier, you got to play the hand you're dealt, and that's what happened. I mean, it's 
yeah. So, I mean, it, it, all kind of crazy stuff can happen, you know? You just, you just got to be willing to roll with the punches. If, you, if you're going to travel enough, something's going to happen, you know? Nothing. It, it never goes as planned all the way. So. No, no, not at all. So that that next day you you went out and you were able to hunt and you just used what what little you had until your stuff showed up. Absolutely, absolutely. Did you kill one? I sure did. No, did you really? Wearing khaki pants and a button up shirt and, a, and I hid behind a rock. So we're wasting we're, we're wasting our money on camo then. It's all overrated. Absolutely. <laughs> oh man, that's 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 funny stuff. Uh, no, but I'm in all seriousness. No, that that was probably about ten years worth of luck that got burned up at that moment. But uh, I, I wouldn't have been doing it. I promise you that. And, and yeah. with your with your slam, Kenny, you're you're listed here on the NWTF as far as uh, completing and recording all of your states. Yes, sir. A, a friend of mine who completed it a few years before I did. Um, I think the year going into it. I think I had one state left going into that last year and he, we were talking on the phone and he said, so you going to enter this thing or whatever. And I said, no, what are you talking about? And, um, he said, why wouldn't you do that? You know? And, and he just went on and on about it and I hung up the phone and I didn't, didn't think a whole lot about it, but I talked to somebody in my family that I just, they could tell me to go jump off a bridge and I do it. I love and trust their opinion so much. And, um, I was like, man, you, you ought to do that or whatever. So, yeah, I did it, you know, because I had somebody in my family that wanted me to do it that I did it for them, you know. So that's great. Uh, that's, I, that's why I did it. I, I did register mine as well. And I, I thought it would be a cool thing, you know, a few generations down the road you know, my great, great grandkids or something like that. They could look back on that, you know, how things get lost in time. And uh, I, I think it'd be a good uh, way to mark what you did. And, you know, your family could look back on it, and, you know. I don't understand why. Why does that have so much negative publicity? I don't know. I mean, I, I, it, I felt like my money was going to a good cause and, you know, I didn't... Uh, I didn't really think twice about it, you know. Well, I, I, yeah, I guess, I, I guess yeah. I'm not aware with it. Is there, is it, do people look at that as being negative that they charge money for that and you got to pay to have it all done? I think, I think the, that's kind of the vibe I get. And I think obviously there's such a, a sour taste for a lot of people toward the National Wild Turkey Federation, probably for a multitude of reasons, a bunch probably I'm not aware of, but it, or, or so it could also be just the fact that everybody's got a bitch about something. And um, if, if everybody doesn't do everything the, the way that each one of us does it, then surely to God, there's got to be something wrong with it. You know, I don't regret doing mine. I, I mean, Maybe. that's just what I wanted to do for myself. It wasn't to get publicity. It wasn't to put my name out there. Um, it was more for, I, I know how time goes by, you know, how cool would that be to look back and say, man, my great, great uncle, was able to complete a U.S. Super Slam and, and, you know, actually look back and find it. And that's kind of what I was looking forward to is like, you know, generations down the road, they might be able to see that and, you know, not just hearsay, but they can actually see it and say, yeah, he really did. Here's his, you know, here's the year that he completed it. And, you know, I enjoyed it. It was fun for me. I got the pins and, 
documentation and stuff of it. And uh, I enjoyed the whole thing, keeping records. You know, if anything, it made me keep better records. So uh, that was pretty, that was worth it just in itself. So, I mean, and seriously, who else going to see it other than about 10 people for a while anyway? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not like, but yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. I agree with everything you said, and and another friend of mine, he finished his. I don't know what what years it now, probably two or three years ago, and he did his too. And when he when he called and told me, he, or he sent me some papers to sign for him, so he was you know could make it legit or whatever. I thought that was really cool because like when he did it at the time, which it was very short lived, he was like the youngest person to ever have it registered, and. I think some kid blew him off the map last year or something, but hell, it doesn't matter. You could be 16 and do it this year and somebody's going to come in in a year or two and beat you, you know? Yeah. So. It just, just enjoy it. And it's each his own. I say, you know, absolutely. whatever makes you happy. So absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, hey, Kenny, when you traveled out of town driving or flying, you know, you get your rental car, what, how did you typically like to, uh, what was your sleep setup? What did you usually like to do? What what, what was comfortable for you? Man, uh, the first, the God, I don't know how many years for the first three quarters of my turkey hunting career. Probably we camped. We used to. I used to drive from Alabama to the Black Hills, and we would camp the whole time. And man, it I don't. It would snow out there sometimes, like you wouldn't believe. You know, second week of May. And um, I think it was probably around 2010 is about the time that I said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to change this up. It would, man, it would get so cold sometimes on some of those trips. We'd have to go to town just to warm up. Uh, I remember going and hanging out in a laundry map one day because it was so, I mean, there were, we went through a stretch one time trip out West where it didn't get out of the mid twenties for like five days. And uh, we're camping in a tent, and it snowed so bad one night. I forgot how tall the snowdrift around the tent was, but we were such idiots. We had these Coleman uh, propane-powered heaters in the tents. Well, what do you think a heater, when you've got two foot of snow around the perimeter of the tent, what does it do with the moisture in the snow? It pulls it right in the tent. So... When you wake up the next morning, your t- your sleeping bags and everything you have is completely saturated from the heat pulling in the moisture because the snow so damn piled up so high around your tent. So everything well, you got soaking wet. Well, one good thing about that, you're the only ones that'll be out there. So, <laughs> oh, and most people in the world are quite a bit smarter than we are. But. Um, yeah, so I'd say probably around 2010, we started like going places and like renting an air. I don't know if it was Airbnb back then or Verbo or whatever. But, you know, if you get a hotel sometimes, uh, we slept in the car some. Uh, uh, some places you go, you don't have the luxury of having a cabin or a hotel room. You're so far off the, the path that you sleep in the car or whatever. But there's this cult of people that, you know, they think if you don't sleep, on the edge of a rock cliff suspended by a piece of dental floss that you're not really like truly turkey hunting man more power to them um i'm old i like to be comfortable i like to sleep i like to get a shower so if i can get a hotel room or sleep somewhere with a roof over my head sign me up man 
that's uh, kind of what Hunter said. So yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be the Ritz. I don't have a black Amex card like he does. Um, aren't going to be swooping in and picking me up in a helicopter for the evening. But uh, I was thinking, I, th- I thought he mentioned like you, you're a, a bed and breakfast guy. Something with a nice setup. I'm trying to think if I've done a bed and breakfast. I probably have. Um, there's no telling. But I mean, it's pretty weird. He's got to have like if we go to if we're going to go hunting and we, you know obviously what's the first thing you're going to do when you you get to your location? Well, you got to make sure you got enough water and something to eat or whatever i mean every day it's fresh strawberries if the pack if they started to get a little bit of that tint to them where they're not like bright red they're gone they're tossed Um, (laughs) it's really unique so i I don't know what goes on in his world when we're not around but it's got to be really freaking just quirky we should have definitely got both of you on together so we can get some stuff straight here because a lot of contrast between the two of you but that's that's fine that's how, that's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> hey, uh, Kenny, I, I want to ask you, uh, what was your last state? And like, can you describe your, of your U.S. lamb and how, you know, can you describe what, you, you know, how your hunt went and who you were with and stuff like that? It was Arkansas and it was all I had that season. And wow, close state. What's that? Yeah, it was pretty close then. It wasn't like Hawaii or Washington or way no. off anywhere. Dave and I went down to Hawaii about, oh, God Almighty, six, uh, God Almighty, we're getting old, uh, eight years ago, seven or eight years ago. And um, when we went down there, we went with a guy named David Ellis, and he was was chasing it hard, and he finished it while we were there with him in Hawaii. And um, that was a really cool trip. but no, that one was quite early on. I, I think I did it about three years before I finished it. But it was just Arkansas, and it's all I had left. It was really cool because, like, the place that decided to go, I didn't know anyone. None of us had ever been there. We didn't have any information on it. We didn't have any pins. We didn't have any fresh information, no information. It was 100 years old. It was just throw a dart at the map. and let's just, That's how it started, so that was going to be the way to end it, right? No better way um, to finish it. Yeah, so I, I think uh, the season always starts there on a Monday. So I left out of here on Saturday, got there real early Sunday morning, long before daylight. And the spot I wanted to go listen, I couldn't get to because what the map showed and what was in re- what was there in reality were two different things. So I started to have a panic attack there and uh, ended up finding a turkey an hour or two after daylight and uh, went to hunt him. Dave came up. Uh, Dave Owens came up. He got there sometime the night before the season started. I was asleep, and we went in there to hunt this turkey. I roosted in the evening before. But, you know, there's so many different ways to roost a turkey. I mean, you hear a turkey gobble on the roost in the evening, but if you really don't know what trees, and I mean, you got an idea where he is, but that's kind of like winging it. I mean, it's better than nothing, obviously, but that's kind of what I've done this turkey. I got him to gobble a couple of times the evening before, but he was still a pretty good piece from me. It's not like I could slip in there on him and, um, you know, know which limb he was on. Uh, so we were pretty close to him the first morning of the season and he flew down and went up on this high knob and we looped around and got right above this sort of shallow saddle and ended up calling the turkey up probably within 40 yards. The problem was I never saw the turkey until it was too late. Um, 
you know, you'll have these armchair quarterbacks that are so prevalent in, in anything in, in society, especially turkey hunting. You know, how the hell can you not see him in all this? Well, you just told me you've never turkey hunted much. Um, a turkey can take a tree. <laughs> Sometimes I think it's by design. And um, they can use a tree to either depart or approach you almost like they're using that thing intentionally, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and if people don't believe that, then stay at it. It'll, you'll see it one day. But that turkey, Dave was in a position, he could see that turkey approach, and we were sitting 12 or 15 yards apart because we had to. And I never saw that gobbler until he had already let it be known that he wasn't happy with what he didn't see. And uh, I wasn't just going to shoot at the turkey for the sake of shooting at him. So it was a pretty rough day to know that you had that turkey that close to shoot and you didn't get the shot off because you didn't see him. Uh, but hey, man, it was opening day. We had a few days left, so it was all cool. So that evening, I went back in there and um, ended up finding a gobbler and watched where he went that evening. I couldn't stay with him because it was open. Um, but it was right before flight. He took this logging road and kind of had an idea where he was going to roost. And we went in there the next morning and it wasn't one of those hunts, obviously, where, you know, the turkey flies down and you shoot him. I mean, it was, it was a fun turkey hunt. There was some maneuvering involved and, um, it just kind of worked out. So, I mean, that was it. It was cool. Um, and Dave was there with you. Yeah, he, he was there. He videoed it for the Penhody thing. And at the time, I don't, I know he's videoed another one since then. Um, but it was cool. You know, we, we didn't do anything dramatic when I mean, there were no cartwheels or, you know, anything like that, but we just kind of soaked it in and believe it or not, man, we were back in the saddle that afternoon trying to find another one. And, uh, we went at yesterday, the following morning, you know, he was behind the gun and we went out and he killed a really nice turkey, which was the one we that called in the first day actually. And, uh, it's just a good trip. You know, everybody talks about how hard Arkansas is and hell it's just like anywhere else. You just gotta you just gotta go do some homework and put the put the legwork in and you'll find a turkey, you know. Did it uh like maybe not on that trip, but later on, maybe after the season was over that year, I think it was two thousand nineteen, is that correct? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Like later on, maybe after season was over, did it ever just hit you that you know, it, it kinda did me I started thinking back about it, looking through pictures and kind of reminiscing about it. Did it ever hit you at a point that you'd actually been to every state and killed a turkey? Man, this is going to blow you away. But I can honestly sit here and say I don't think so because... I mean, it happened, and I was super glad it happened. I was kind of at the time. I was glad to like get that "quote unquote" monkey off my back, but I didn't realize, like we mentioned earlier, how much I was actually going to miss it, miss hunting that way, and that one because it gets in your blood and that stress and of doing all that. And how the hell am I going to do all this this spring and, and keep a family and keep a job and all these other things that come into play with this game and. I mean, I'm proud of it. I'm glad it happened. But in all honesty, man, it's nothing. And don't, I'm not taking anything away from you or anyone else that's done it because it truly is a an unbelievable accomplishment. But I, I haven't like hung my hat on it or anything. I'm just I'm just as hungry now as I was when I did it. And right. 
I'm looking forward to going and hunting them, Lord willing, this season with as much enthusiasm as I had pulling into Arkansas that morning. Um, it's, it's, I just, I try to carry that to every day. Um, it, like I said, it doesn't matter where we are, what color the turkey tail fan is, or what he sounds like, or what the landscape looks like. It's just like, I just love hunting them, and I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think you lose the enthusiasm, but yeah. what, I, what I have lost is the direction. I, I kind of just kind of, I'm at a four-way <laughs> intersection. I don't really know which way I need to go. I, I, that's my summary of my life. I, I've never had any <laughs> in any avenue of life, and that's that sounds like a joke, but it's it's very true. And if it weren't for this turkey hunt, I, I think that's the only other direction I've had. But I do know what you're saying, and I do agree with you. It um, it is. It's like people still ask me, "Where are you going to go this season? Where are you going to go this season?" And right now, I can tell you, I'm looking at three calendars over there on my quote unquote turkey desk. And uh, there's a bunch of question marks. I mean, you know, it, hell, it seems like now we got to put in for so many places that before you could jump in the car and go hunt. Um, and these seasons are so staggered now. With I mean, it's it's it's, it's totally different now. It's getting, getting kind of watered down and complicated. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to be a, a an old grouch, but I don't really like it. No, no. And everybody's trying to coordinate their seasons you know these uh, adjoining states are trying to which is probably a good thing it takes some pressure off but it, it makes it harder to plan where you want to go you know one place you want to go it's you know, only shoot one the first 10 days just like alabama yeah you know? so you kind of got to take all that into consideration to uh, in your planning i guess so yeah i don't i don't understand. i mean it's i don't know I, it, I wish they could just simplify things, but hey, the the problems are far more probably far more problems than I realize with all these things that are that are constituting these changes and all that. So I guess you just let those people make the decisions and just pray to God they don't take it all away from us. Yep. Well, Kenny, talking about your <clears throat> real quick, and we can move on your your hunt there in Arkansas when you completed your U.S. Super Slam. Um, one, you mentioned it a little bit. When when you shot when you shot that turkey and you completed the the forty nine states, the seeing you and Dave Owens, both of you, as you put it, not doing backflips, not screaming, not hollering that that speaks in loud volumes to me as to your appreciation. Obviously, you're excited, but the way you handled that excitement tells a lot about you all and what how you feel towards the turkeys, if that makes sense. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if you got to love them, I mean, I've heard we do anyway. I mean, I mean, if, if, if you can just go out and kill them or I guess really anything for that matter and not have some kind of a, I don't know, level of remorse or something like that, especially with a gobbler. Um, and that, that's why, I mean, that's why so many of us probably don't hunt with a lot of people. I mean, I know Dave hunts with a lot of people, but his line of work kind of constitutes that as probably as much as he doesn't like it. But, um, you know, that old book years ago, uh, was it Kenny Morgan wrote it? Turkey hunts a one man game. Um, uh, there's a lot of truth to that statement. I mean, 
you got to find people that appreciate it like you do. And it's rare. I'm sure a lot of people love them like we do, probably a lot more. But yeah, that's it all starts and stops with that. If you don't respect your quarry and uh, it's not a it's not a blood sport. Shouldn't be. And uh, yeah, killing's involved, but it doesn't mean you have to revel in the glory of the kill. Um, these guys these guys that take these photographs of a decapitated turkey to brag about how good their shotgun is and you know, they sling them around and throw them on the ground and call them chickens and all that kind of stuff. I mean, hey, not saying those are bad guys, not saying anything wrong with them, but we just don't have anything in common other than the fact that we're hunting them. You know what I mean? Yeah, you kind of took yeah. the words out of my mouth with what I was going to say. The, yeah. wait, so you complete that, something you care so much about, the way you handled yourself, it, it speaks a lot about you all. I also want to talk about something that I really enjoy watching you hunt, which I've been able to do through the Penhody project when you've been on is, is how aggressive you can be as a hunter, which when you do that, you're, you're going to bump your fair share of turkeys. But just like that hunt in Arkansas, when you made that advancement, it's kind of like got you on the edge of your seat. Like you're doing that scoot through some of the, the grass there with the turkey somewhat, somewhat close by and you're able to make that advancement into in, into shotgun range to uh to end up killing the turkey but what right then what's going through your mind when you're thinking okay this this turkey we can hear him we can hear him strutting he's close i'm what's going through your mind as you make that that advancement to get you in better position to make the shot three words whatever it takes um, and, and to that point, you're, it's okay. I'm going to get this aggressive. I know I got to get it done. If, if I do it, he sees me, we bump him, whatever it sucks, but we move on. Without a doubt. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a mindset. It's like Billy said earlier, like, I mean, we're wired to do things a certain way and, that's just how I am, especially with turkey hunt. It didn't start that way. It's not like I came in, you know, into this game hunting the way I do. Right. Uh, but another thing, too, when you, you get in a situation, that didn't have to do because that was the 49th turkey. That could have been a turkey here at the house. Oh, sure. Absolutely. It's it's just a matter of how, do you, how bad do you want it? Uh, you know, there's a lot of purists in this game that think if you don't call them to within 25 yards and you're not doing it the, the way it was intended to be done, well, what the hell are we carrying those guns for? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, seriously, why, why do you want to go out and drop the money that we do now in ammunition and all this other crap? My, my goal, regardless of how, much, how offensive it is, is to go kill a turkey, plain and simple. Now, if I have to... If you have the luxury of sitting there and yelping to him and he's just coming in, just gobbling to your calls and all that, hey, that's awesome, great. But I don't know about where you guys hunt, but that doesn't happen every time I go set up on a goblin turkey, period. Um, I don't care how good your calling is. I don't care what your hen yelp scored last week at the Levi Garrett Classic. It just, <laughs> none of that stuff transfers over. There's nothing concrete. Nothing's going to work every time. The best turkey hunters that I know, 
their toolbox is deep. I mean, deep. And if your toolbox isn't deep, you're not going to be frying a lot of nuggets. No. And it's that simple. And you got to be willing to think. And listen, I'm not saying like I have the answers, but I'm not some person that you really need to be taking advice from. I'm just a guy that gets up every day and goes out and tries it just like everybody else. But we all find things that work for us. And my mindset every time I go is I'm willing to step up to the plate and I may swing at a ball and have to go sit on the bench. But I know the next time I get up to the plate, I'm going to be a little bit more conscientious of what I'm swinging at. The point of the matter is the best hitters in baseball typically lead in what category as well? Strikeouts, right? You know why? Because they're swinging the damn bat. They're trying to hit the ball. So I'm not saying swing wild and not have, you know, not really think about what you're doing. But I know I'm going to lose one here and there because I maybe got a little aggressive on him. But I'll tell you this, I'll probably win more than I lose. So I don't. that doesn't sound arrogant or overconfident or anything like that. But these you gotta guys, try. What's that? I, I said you've got to try. Do you think she's going to just walk over to you and say, hell yeah, Billy, I want to go out with you tonight? No, you got to get up and go over there and go, hey, I, you've been catching my eye. You want to get together one night? She's, they're not just going to come over and, and read your mind. It's the same with a turkey. You've got you to figure out a plan and put it into action. Do you want to kill him or not? And uh, these people that ridicule you, you know, uh, I was talking to Squirrel, the guy that you see on some of the Hody videos a few weeks ago. and Somebody, he was, he was reading some comment and somebody was making fun of me about something in there. I don't remember. I can't keep up with all of it and. uh you know, there's so many things, too, on those, the few times I've been on the, the hunts with Dave. You can't see that video camera and stuff doesn't see everything that the guy sitting at the tree is seeing. You see what I mean? Yep. Like, th- there may be a, there's one hunt on there that, that he was talking about. And I don't know, I crawled down to this tree and Dave's 10, 15 yards behind me. And this tree, <clears throat> if you turkey hunt as much, you understand what I'm talking about. Some trees the roots or or the bottom of the tree, it doesn't just roll flush into the ground and you can't actually get against the tree because it'll actually come out and, and like almost have like a knot on the outside of it, so to speak. But it's basically where the tree is like rolling out in the ground and you can't, it doesn't have a pocket for you to get in. Does that make sense? Yep. Oh yeah. And this one tree was the only tree on this little spur ridge that I could crawl to. And I'm fighting this tree because I'm trying to get as low as I can to get, you know, almost parallel with the ground because it was kicking me out so bad that I just knew that I was going to get silhouetted if the turkeys came over the top of the point. I could hear the gobbler drumming just over the point. There was a blowdown out there. And um, I knew I could get away with what I was getting away with at the time. But, well, then the, the hens came around the point. And obviously he's in tow, but I can see them the whole time. They're like, you know, 75, 80 yards or something. So if you can see the turkeys, you can kind of figure out what the hell you can get away with and what you can't, right? So I'm kind of fumbling around there on the tree, but I could see the turkeys the whole time. They go down, they cross the creek and go up the other side and, you know, disappear. But these people were just ripping me up on how I would kill so many more turkeys if I just didn't move and all this stuff. And, 
Dave could never see the turkeys due to where he was sitting. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So it's like, I say all that to say this. So many people, they might as well just wear a shirt that states that they're overly inexperienced because what's the first phase you go to when you start turkey hunting? You give them far more credit than they deserve. You think they can see you three miles away behind a brick wall. You think you, you, you give them, you, you just you're like, oh God, we can't move. He's answered our calls. Let's get our gun up and let's move. Yep. You guys know, I mean, you can, it's just experience, you know, it's just, you just hunt, you hunt them long enough and you can figure out, you know, you don't always make the right decision at all. Nobody does. There's no, there's not a turkey hunter I know that doesn't make a mistake from time to time. It's just how it goes. It's, it's easy for people to sit at the keyboard, Kenny, and say, and critique you or, or critique someone else. I probably deserve it, but I know what you're saying. And it, it's not just in turkey hunting. It's in, you know how it is, everything. I ref some basketball this morning, third grade girls, and you can just imagine. And you got you got people complaining about that too. So it, it's a never-ending story no matter what you're talking about. But the, the things that Squirrel was talking to you about, I, you know, I've gone through and watched my fair share of Dave's videos, and I'll, I'll read some of the comments, and especially from the first or second season, whether you're aware of it or not. There were a lot of people that would put out some opinions about about you, and oh, I'm sure, absolutely. <laughs> but I think what what ultimately happened is, as you as you were on there more, and people probably didn't know who you were from anybody else, like myself, and kind of saw your credentials. And you know, I think this guy does know what he's talking about. And I, I'd seen that transition into. Man, this guy's great. They need him on there more. They need him on there more. Well, hell, it used to be this guy moves so damn much. It's no wonder why he can't kill a turkey. Now, you got to sit there and think. This guy's turkey hunter for 30 years. He's killed a turkey in every state. He's a success, successful hunter. He's not going to sit there and move around when he thinks he shouldn't be. Like, I, 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 I just don't. I don't understand sometimes people's opinions, and quite frankly, I well, never will. But. It's, it's that's just part of it. I mean, there are times, you know, that that's like I was telling, I think it was Hunter in that same conversation. I have a hunt from last spring that just still just horrifies me because I guess I'm not going to go into the whole hunt, but I'll just, I'll just tell you like the theme of what I told myself, always go with your instinct, always go with your gut. If you ever get in a situation with a turkey and you're sitting at a tree and you look to the left and you're like, man, I need to make that move, make it. <laughs> because it's like nine times, nine, 9.99 times out of 10, it, it seems to me if I, if I go with that initial thought of what I need to do in that particular situation, it's either right or it would have been right. So that's, that's one thing that if I catch myself where I do make that mistake, where I make a move or I do something where it doesn't work out nine times out of 10, I'm like, I knew I should have done this. You know, that, that whole fear level that these, that people talk about, about, you don't need to move. You got to sit still like a rock or you, you know, that all these armchair quarterbacks, like I mentioned earlier, that's just like a phase, you know, maybe some people never come out of that. I don't know, but 
I'll tell you what, that was my turning point in turkey hunting. Um, once I was a, once I got up and I was out of that mode of like, Hey, I've got to sit here, you know, no matter what happens, I've got to stay right here. Once I broke out of that mold, I, I, I'm telling you, that was the turning point of me being more successful killing turkeys. Yeah, yep. I missed, I, I, I messed some up, but I killed a whole lot more than I messed up, you know, and you start to learn uh, more of what you can get away with and, you know, how close is close enough and, you know, what you need to do. You, you, you pick up on that. Yeah, it's uh, it's an acquired taste, no doubt. And but you know, once again, it's like you know, like Matt was saying. I mean, some people are going to believe what they believe, and we're just wasting time and energy trying to even worry about it or whatever. But it's like whatever works for you guys, or whatever works for me and the next guy. It's just like it is what it is. We all do this differently, and uh, I don't know why. Why so many people, you know, spend so much time critiquing what everybody else does? When let's be honest, guys, almost all of us can improve our game. Um, we can all get a little bit better at every element of this game. We're never there. I don't care how many U.S. Super Slams a man kills or whatever the next feat's going to be. He's still going to go sit down on a goblin turkey this spring and do something that he shouldn't have done that he probably knew better to do. You know? Um, Absolutely. And if any man ever denies that, then he's just full of, you know what, and you probably just need to keep going. And we're going to stop that right there. Billy, um, Kenny had a lot of stuff to say, and we didn't want to slow him down. So we've decided to break this into two parts, a part one of episode five, and then we're going to come out with a, a second part next. So a lot of good information here from Kenny. Yeah, this guy, he's <laughs> what a, he's a he's a perfect guest to have on here. You know, he's uh, he's got his uh, U.S. slam. He's talking about that, um, you know, just all his different techniques and stuff. I mean, yeah, this is this is really, really interesting. Well, it went the direction I was hoping it would just not having a lot of stuff to throw at him just give him a few topics and just let him roll with it and um it, it went just as i had had, had hoped um you know we, we you consider putting it all together but it's like we can split this up and make it two really good shows so cutting it off right there ending with what we talked about um we got to learn a lot about kenny and how he got started and the people that helped him in the uh at the beginning and going into his uh you know, his life of turkey hunting and he made the choices early on. He was going to do it. He was going to figure it out. And well, I think he did a pretty good job. Um, I don't know about anything else, but he's, he's achieved that, um, to just about the highest point. So respect him for, for his hunting, no doubt. And his, his appreciation for the turkey and his aggressiveness. So man, just some great stuff there. And it's going to be a lot of fun to continue with part two of episode five. Yeah. What, uh, what do would you, what do you want to ask him in the next episode? This part two, what kind of questions we have coming up? Yeah. I, I, I really want to know, I really want to know about his, his choice to not be involved with social media. Um, 
and what he gets out of that. And I also want to bring up, and I'm sure he knows about it because all these other people that he hunt with hunts with and friends, they are on social media. So it all gets back to him. But this day and age, everyone's got an opinion and everyone's knocking everybody else for how they're going about hunting turkeys legally. Right. Everyone's got an opinion that that way is not the right way. And my way is, and Kenny's a guy that he's got a strong opinion. So I want to know, what do you think? Like, what do you think about people that hunt this way? Whether it's right or wrong, what what do you think about it? And I'm interested to hear about that. And shoot, man, who knows? Who knows where it may take off and get to as we dive into some of those questions. But, um, you know, too, I've, I feel like I've come across where he used to be into some of the competitive turkey calling. So I want to ask him a little bit about that also. Um, and we'll yeah. see where it goes, man. What What are some things on your mind that you want to dive into on this next part? Well, he's uh, he's from Alabama, so we're going to do the uh, state spotlight from his home state. So uh, kind of have some, you know, we can ask him some questions about the regulations and stuff that uh, is there in his home state. So that'll be interesting to get his take on it and uh, how he, uh, you know, they've changed some bag limits over the years and the season dates have changed. Um, so that it'll be interesting to see hear his opinion and his take on it because, you know, he grew up there hunting all his life. So uh, some of the changes and how he likes them and if he thinks they're, you know, going to benefit the turkeys or not. And so uh, we'll get into that too and see what he thinks about it. Well, I'm sure he'll have an opinion about it and I'm sure it'll be a funny one in one way or another. So <laughs> I look forward to talking to him. I, I guarantee we'll be laughing. <laughs> oh man. I'm telling you what it's, I don't know. I just, I felt like I didn't do a whole lot more than laugh throughout this first part, but yeah, we'll be ready to dive into it here for too long, and uh, we'll have it out there for everybody to listen to part two. Sounds good. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Turkey Hunting USA podcast. We would appreciate it if you could leave a rating and write a review. Be sure to subscribe to the Turkey Hunting USA podcast and website, and like us on Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date on news and product releases. 